We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, hello. It's our first podcast ever. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers <laughs> podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Matson. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me, as always, recent Sacramento resident, the farm to fork capital of the world, Chris Biederman. <laughs> <laughs> and we're recent and about- current. Recent, right. Well, I called you a resident of Oklahoma City or whatever you were on, on Sunday. So, oh, that's true. That's yeah, true. So it's, a, it's a callback. So it feels like a month ago at this point. We're kind of, boy, does it. We that's that's what's funny is we hadn't done a podcast in so long, and it was like, man, it we have we need to do a pod. We haven't put one out in forever, but it was literally three days ago, four days ago, we did a pod. So uh, <laughs> before we get into some Niners news that's come out, of course, defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes was let go. We'll discuss that. Who could replace him? We'll discuss that. Um, before we do that, we got to discuss the homies at Lamb Chops. SGLambChops.com. That's the website. Instagram, at SGLambChops. They are the best clothes in my closet, and you should get some with promo code Candlestick20 because you will get 20% off your order. You're welcome. Wearing sweatshorts right now. Yeah, wearing sweatshorts right now. Sweatshorts are amazing for around the house, for going out. Um, zippered pockets, if you know, you know. Uh, wore my Lamb Chops hoodie on a lot of travels recently. Tons of compliments. Extremely comfortable. Um, just the, it's it's the perfect hoodie to wear on a plane, in an airport. Um, any Like if it's chilly outside, which it's been, given that it's the middle of February. Um but yeah, shout out to Lamb Chops and uh, for for keeping us for keeping us fresh and and keeping us comfortable while we're while we're moving about. You too can be fresh and comfortable by going to sglambchops.com right now and get twenty percent off your order today with promo code Candlestick twenty. SG Lamb Chops, join the herd. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. It is your favorite brewery's favorite brewery. They have so much good beer. And they now have a beer that is dedicated to Beyonce, the brewery cat. And I need some immediately. It, the can art is just unbelievable as per usual with Cooperage. I am a <clears throat> Cooperage drinker. That was the case even before they were a sponsor. Uh, Chris, you introduced me to Cooperage. It, everything I ever tried from there was delicious. They have it at a local bottle shop near me. But I would always be drawn to it anyway because of the can art. 
I'm a big can art guy. When the art can is sick, can't... your boy is in. Cannot blame you. Thanks. I'd be pretty bummed if yeah. you were like, this is your fault. Yeah, so Coobridge right now, if you're into double IPAs, you actually have two double IPAs, so they've doubled up their double IPA selection. Um, they have oh, Succulent cool. Fantasy Hazy, so they have a Hazy double, and they have a Granddaddy Terp West Coast mm. double, um, which you should get because it's delicious. And they also have a double dry hopped version of Keg Slayer, which I don't know that I've seen before, um, but if you've had Keg Slayer, you know it's as good as anything that comes out of the northern california craft beer scene um it is a uh so i believe i, I believe it's a west coast ipa but they call it just an ipa on their website brew with Cinco citra and mosaic hops obviously um cooperage is also responsible for the candlestick chronicles hazy ipa which has been delicious um which a lot of our listeners have uh have been purchasing and enjoyed during football season so we very much appreciate that but yep. uh, shout out to Cooperage, man. It's been their third third year supporting us, and uh, it's been a great partnership, and, and we greatly appreciate it. Yep. Love the beer. Love the homies at Cooperage. It's a great brewery. Go check them out. <clears throat> and, of course, you can order the beer online at cooperagebrewing.com. If you're 21 and up and in the state of California, they will send a case of beer directly to your front door. It's the best way to acquire the best beer. Cooperage, cooperagebrewing.com. All right, let's talk about sequel. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Bosa's got him, and he'll sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. So, not so. I do a radio show, not to brag, ten to noon on ESPN thirteen twenty, Sacramento Sports Leader, and <laughs> and I I got off the show at noon with my co-host James Ham, and the last thing we talked about was how Steve Wilkes. James thought that Steve Wilkes was going to go, and I was like, nah, I think they keep him around one more year. He's familiar with the guys now, more familiar with the scheme. Da 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 da. And then not not four minutes after that, there's a conference call with Kyle Shanahan. Says he's parting ways with Steve Wilkes or relieving Steve Wilkes of his duties. And I think the this before I'm not going to diatribe. I want to make sure you agree with me before I diatribe here. This isn't a, <laughs> like just a knee jerk reaction to the Super Bowl, right? This is a long time coming. Yeah, if you if you paid close attention to this team throughout the regular season, you saw that it it it, it clearly felt like something was a little bit off with the defense and and Kyle Shanahan made sort of a different hire than what he's made typically when he hired Steve Wilkes to begin with. He was outside the building. It was a scenario where Steve Wilkes was hired to run a scheme that had already been in place. Steve Wilkes did not have carte blanche to say you know, we're going to run my scheme and, and do it my way. Kyle Shanahan said, we're going to, you're going to run a, a similar version of the defense that's already been here that we've drafted personnel for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to put your spin on it and you're going to call the plays. And Steve Wilkes started up 
in uh, calling plays from the booth. And then midway through the season, after their losing streak, their three-game losing streak, uh, and the bye week, he comes down and starts calling plays from the sideline. And fast forward to the playoffs, right? Going into the Super Bowl, there's a big conversation about the lack of effort the 49ers defense played with. And that's absolutely that's absolutely an issue with the players, right? Like that's that is a player's thing. That's a thing that the players control. But to me, it also signaled that or it it at least raised the question. Is there the same level of buy in with these players and the coordinator as there as there was with the previous coordinators? Right. Because that was a real hallmark of D'Amico Ryan's and Robert Sala's defenses was that those guys would would fly to the ball at all times. You would, like the 49ers would miss tackles or whatever, but it was never for laugh, lack of effort. It was for like over pursuing. Mm-hmm. Right. And like trying to do too much. That was like the w- when you thought about the issues that the 49ers defense sort of ran into from time to time, it was, oh, Talano, who has got his eyes in the backfield and he's being too aggressive and trying to right. make a play right. while letting somebody get behind them. Or you have, um, you know, Drake Greenlaw overrunning an outside running play and allowing a cutback lane and missing the tackle. Right. Like those were the issues that the 49ers had previously. It was like a lack of discipline mm-hmm. in some scenarios. Right. But it was never a lack of effort. So for them to have the NFC Championship game, the first half against the Lions, go the way it did, mm-hmm. and for it to be like, man, guys are just kind of jogging after the ball carrier and it doesn't look like they're playing with all that much intensity, that definitely raised alarm bells. That you know, And we had talked about midseason, like after the Vikings game, when Steve Wilkes mm-hmm. called a zero blitz with however many seconds left in the first half of that Vikings game, the game that they lose by one score, you know, that play obviously leads to a touchdown, a completely needless touchdown and a completely need, needless blitz in that scenario. It was like, you know, is is Steve Wilkes going to last the bye week? Like we had that right. we had that exact conversation. Will, will Steve Wilkes last the bye week? Like this is kind of weird. Like the Niners defense statistically was still really good, um, but it just felt a little bit off throughout the entire season. The effort questions in the playoffs were particularly alarming leading into the Super Bowl. And then you see in overtime, there was that second down play where Kyle Shanahan looks furious on the sideline and calls a timeout. And he said in his in his exit interview press conference earlier this week that he didn't like the look that he saw, which is basically mm-hmm. him admitting we had a terrible call. Uh, for whatever they were going to run there and i had to step in and stop it from happening and that nuts dude that i don't remember that ever happening with robert sala or D'Amico ryan's right and that's never once over time of the super bowl right um so i understand the like you know i've i've been paying some attention to, to some of the discourse and it's always or not always, but a lot of it has been like, well, Kyle Shanahan's been the offensive play caller in three Super Bowls where they've blown, you know, 10 point leads. It's like, okay, cool. But that's immaterial to what this conversation is. <laughs> right. right. Like right. Kyle right. Shanahan's not, he's the head coach of the team. He's not firing himself. Uh, and, you know, he's not resigning because he lost the Super Bowl and lost a 10 point lead. He's doing what he thinks he needs to do to put the organization in the best, in the best spot to win a championship next year. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to Steve Wilkes? You know, I not really, but I think Steve Wilkes knew going in 
that the bar was set incredibly high both by his predecessors and both by what the expectations were mm-hmm. and i think as the year went on kyle shanahan saw things like i this isn't gonna work like this isn't this isn't something i want to run back next year right um and that's not to say that steve wilkes did a terrible job i think it was more that steve wilkes wasn't a great fit mm-hmm. and it wasn't a great situation for him where he's running a defense that was like put in place for him instead of him, you know, being named the defensive coordinator and the Niners running the scheme exactly the way he wanted to run it. It was him adapting to them and ultimately it, it didn't work out. Yeah, I think there's there's a an important distinction here. <laughs> and Alfonso Valdez in the in the YouTube chat asks the the question can you break down why Steve Wilkes was hired knowing he didn't know the scheme? It just seemed like it was never going to work. So that ties in a little bit to to what I wanted to say here. This is not about Steve, Co- Steve, Steve Wilkes being a, a good or bad coach. It's about, it's about fit, right? The, the, it's, it's like if you took Steph Curry and said, Hey, we're going to make Steph Curry the starting center. And then it didn't work out. It would not be that Steph Curry's bad at basketball. That was just not the right spot for him. And I think they hired Wilkes, a, a guy with a background in, in secondary play, because he is such a good leader of men and because he is a well-respected coach. Uh, we had Miles Hartsfield on this show who was with Wilkes in, in Carolina and then briefly with the 49ers this year. Go go back and listen to how he talks about Steve Wilkes. Like the players love him. And I think there was a hope from Shanahan and the 49ers staff that there could be a meshing of what Wilkes is really good at with this foundation, the 49ers have already built and they could gel those two things. And <clears throat> I'm guessing Shanahan talked to Wilkes at some point after the Super Bowl and projected out what the next, you know, uh, five months until, until training camp are going to look like and didn't see the growth that either didn't see the growth during the season he was hoping to see, or didn't foresee it coming anytime in the near future and if by one season things haven't totally been ironed out, any wrinkles that, that are going to be there from that that adjustment period for Wilkes and the 49ers defense, then like it's probably not going to happen in year two. So I, I I'm I I I just hate the idea that that there are there are people like, oh, Steve Wilkes is being scapegoated. Like, <laughs> no, he's not, man. I promise. I guess not. I, yeah. I, I guarantee you Kyle Shanahan isn't like the Super Bowl went awesome from an offensive perspective. Nothing needs to change there. Like I promise they're going to right. do some things differently on offense too. It's just like you said, he's not going to fire himself. And Kyle Shanahan has typically been a pretty like pretty good at cutting bait when like like earlier rather than later, right? Like when it was clear that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't the guy like Kyle Shanahan moved pretty quickly, right? When it was clear Trey Lance wasn't the guy, Kyle Shanahan moved pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. He's not going to not make a decision because of optics. He's not going to say, oh, well, you know, the Niners defense was still top five in, in a lot of categories throughout the regular season. Mm-hmm. So because of that, you know, it would look sketchy to fire Steve Wilkes after, after you know, the defense played pretty well for most of the Super Bowl. Right. Like he's going to say, no, I don't think this is going to work. And it's probably going to be worse next year 
So I need to I need to nip this in the bud now before it it potentially gets worse. And that's yeah. like that's what I think, you know, a lot of people view decisions in the NFL based on, you know, past history. Like what, you know, what evidence do we have from the past and how can we apply that going forward? A lot of decisions that are made in the NFL are about looking forward and about like, yeah, this guy might have been great, but you know, he's going to, and, and I'm talking like using an example for a player, like, you know, there's, yeah, there's this player who's made four pro bowls in a row, row for us, but like now, you know, we have to sign him to a new contract, pay him at the top of the market. And he's probably not going to be as, as good as he used to be. Like, those are the types of decisions that are hard that you have to make beforehand rather than just say, Oh, we're going to reward this guy for past performance when in all likelihood, that's not going to give you the best chance to win the following season. You're just, you're just making a decision based on past history. So I think Kyle Shanahan's good at avoiding those scenarios. Um, And I think he absolutely made this decision because he thought, you know, I think if we were to give Kyle Shanahan a blueberry Red Bull or yeah, blueberry Red Bull vodka and ask him the truth about, about, Steve Wilkes, I think he would probably say something to the effect of, I don't know that the players really wanted to play as hard for Steve Wilkes as they did for, for his predecessors. Hmm. I think that's, I think that's probably a real thing. And I don't know that, you know, I don't know that Fred Warner would ever like walk into Shanahan's office and be like, this guy's got to go. But I do think Kyle Shanahan will like Shanahan does a good job of reading the room and understanding like you know do fred warner and nick bosa believe in this guy mm-hmm. because i think it was bosa who said after the super bowl there were a few plays that the niners just weren't prepared for schematically mm-hmm. and i mean that's about as scathing an indictment of a defensive coordinator as you can have without flat out saying this yeah. dc didn't have us prepared right yeah so i think you know, like it's unfortunate. It's certainly not a good look. Like there's no in no world is it a good look to fire your DC after your defense played pretty well. Um, yeah. But I understand it. I understand why Kyle Shanahan did it. And I think mm-hmm. he probably had pretty good reasoning to do it. Um, and I also think he probably had a pretty good idea of who he was going to hire next, which might be the the proper segue for this conversation. Um, I don't think he would do it just to say, oh, I'm going to fire Steve Wilkes and and now I'm going to figure out what the backup plan is. I think he probably had a name or multiple names in mind that he thought would potentially put the 49ers in a better spot for next year. I just want to point out one thing before we transition into who might replace him. <clears throat> and it's not this has nothing really to do with Steve Wilkes. It's just I get weird about semantics and stuff in, in cases like this. <laughs> the reaction to the Wilkes firing and people being like, Steve Wilkes' defense held Patrick Mahomes to 19 points in regulation and you fired him. The Chiefs scored 22 a game, man. It's not like it's not like they held down this <laughs> right. juggernaut. It was scoring 40 a game and all of a sudden they hold him to 19. It was not it was not that. But again, I, I know That's that true. the only touchdown drive they had in regulation came off the muffed punt. Like I get I I get it. It's just it, it's more a like Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense thing to me than a than a Steve Wilkes thing. I just that was a funny uh thing I kept seeing that kept coming up. All yeah. year it was like, man, this Chiefs offense really stinks. And all of a sudden Steve Wilkes gets fired and it's like, Well, you held down the Chiefs offense. 
Like, yeah, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> really locked up Mequel Hardman and Justin Watson. Anyways. <clears throat> it fe- it point. felt like a- after the Vikings game when Kyle Shanahan had mentioned that it was a terrible play call to call the zero blitz right before that halftime that led to the touchdown. That by itself. That that was yeah, that would that was probably the most telling thing. And then for Shanahan to just be like, yeah, we had to have a conversation with him and move him down to the sideline. And then that was and then we'll and then talking about the players' effort in the playoffs, like it was just it didn't seem right. And then Wilkes starting his next his next presser, and you talked about this on the podcast. It was like he had kicked someone's dog. Like he just he opened up his press conference with like, I'm sure you have a lot of questions, but I need to apologize. Like for what? (laughs) You did right. That you thought was right. That's your job. Right. You may you don't need to apologize for a play call. That's super weird. He treated it like he he like I don't know like ran over someone with his car. (laughs) Like didn't stop at a stop sign or something. It was like guy. It's just a play call. Right. But the apology came as like man he got lambasted for this. Like this is a very serious thing inside the building. Man. Yeah. I was just did they lose that find... game by four points? Yeah, and Christian McCaffrey fumbled, if you can imagine. Yeah. Um too soon. I wanted to <laughs> too soon. Uh, our buddy Frank, uh, who who I, I honestly I love him to death, sent me and our buddy Nate this like Spanish uh I, I forget the group, but it's like this this song about the 49ers and it's in Spanish and it's really, really good. It's really, really fun. But he's like, Hey guys, not sure if this is too soon, but I thought the song was cool. <laughs> like, Thanks Frank. <laughs> Love you dog. <laughs> it's too soon, but that's fine. <laughs> Thank you for thinking that's of funny. us. Um, who are they going to hire? So, next? Who would... so they could go any number of directions. Um, I think it, I think Kyle Shanahan is more likely to find the next hot shot sort of position coach who's familiar with the scheme. Mm-hmm. Although like I know like Bill Belichick sounds like a like no way this would happen. Um and sure like there, there are plenty of reasons for Bill Belichick not to take the job. I I don't think there's any reason for the for Kyle Shanahan not to call Bill Belichick. I think the issues that Bill Belichick had with the Patriots had far more to do with the offense and the fact that he was in charge of personnel and the quarterback situation and hiring offensive coaches, Um, none of which would be problems if he just was the Niners defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be an opportunity for Shanahan to be like, we're all in and we are – you know, we, we are pushing all of our chips in on this season. And we believe that even though it's going to be a different scheme and, you know, you're probably going to have to throw a, a hell of a lot more at your secondary players in terms of like, you know, the Niners scheme for the, for the most part wasn't super adaptable. It wasn't like, you know, like Bill Belichick is known for having a unique game plan for every game. And that, like, the unpredictability of his defense 
was one of his staples and you know his famous thing was always taking away the opponent's strength and and forcing them to mm-hmm. play left-handed um whereas the Niners since Kyle Shanahan's been there have run some version of Pete Carroll's scheme mm-hmm. and have stayed mostly true to that with some wrinkles here or there but it's been 4-3 it's been wide 9 um and it's been you know a lot of cover 3 with some man on third down and some blitzes here and there um mm-hmm. but it's been that's per, that's been the identity so so bringing in Belichick would make sense from the standpoint of like well when would we ever have the opportunity to hire the best defensive coach perhaps in NFL history to be our defensive coordinator mm-hmm. with a roster that's ready to go to the Super Bowl again mm-hmm. but schematically it would be an adjustment mention Pete Carroll that's a very interesting one mm-hmm. um, because Pete Carroll lives in the Bay Area. He lives in Marin County. Um, he's been a 49ers defensive coordinator before. The Niners already run a version of his offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much his defense. Pete, sorry, his defense. I don't know how much Pete Carroll like was calling plays in Seattle defensively. Like he always had a defensive coordinator. It never felt like. Pete Carroll was the head coach and play caller for the defense in Seattle, even though it clearly was his defense that had his fingerprints all over. So that would be like, you know, do you trust Pete Carroll to be a play caller again, given that he hasn't done it for a while? And would Pete Carroll even want to be a DC? That's, that's, you know, Mm -hmm. that's one thing too. Um, Brandon Staley's a name that's, that's been thrown out. I look, Brandon Staley was a defensive coordinator for one year. Uh, with the Rams can I, in 2020. Can I just, can I just real quick give yeah. thoughts on Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll? Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> all good. Uh, the Bill Belichick stuff, like I'm certain the 49ers are going to call. And I'm certain John Lynch is going to ask. John Lynch asked if they would trade Tom Brady in 2018. Like that's nuts, right? Or 2017. So I have no doubt that that's a call that's going to happen. I would be stunned if Bill Belichick takes that job. Stunned. Floored. Flabbergasted. Slack-jawed. If he took a defensive coordinator job. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yo, it's your homies Kyle and Chris for Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops because they have some really cool looking stuff that your bland ass boy over here is not very good at styling on his own. And so I pop over to the Instagram. I see how other people are, are dressing themselves in. Uh, maybe it's the, maybe it's the wolf shorts or the lion shorts, or maybe it's a pair of joggers, or maybe it's the ash gray hoodie that you and I love so much. And I, I base my outfits off of that. And it always makes me look dope, which is the single most important thing. And it's also comfortable. It's also high quality. Yeah. It's super yeah. stylish. They're conversation starters, honestly. We also have kids, uh, kids sizes on here too. Yes, that and is everything's correct. unisex. Uh, yeah. We we should point out also. So, um, no matter if you're a man or woman, these clothes will look great on you, or a child, or a child. They have children's sizes and a lot of their <laughs> stuff as well. Use promo code Candlestick twenty today to get twenty percent off your order, or you can do it tomorrow or whenever. Candlestick twenty is a promo code any day of the week to get twenty percent off your order from sglambchops.com. Uh, shout out to them; we really appreciate their support, and uh, we would appreciate it if you support them by going to sglambchops.com and ordering some dope, comfortable, high quality clothing. Join the herd today. Uh, same thing with Pete Carroll. I think I think Pete Carroll would rather be whatever consultant he is in Seattle and wait for a head coach opening than to pop down and be the Niners defensive coordinator for a year and then go <clears throat> be a head coach. Like that's just, I, 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 I don't know. It seems like a, like a heavy commitment for a step backwards and job that he doesn't need to take. So I think that's true, but I, but one thing, one leg up the 49ers do have is like, they can say to any candidate, like, look, we actually have a chance to get another ring. Like we could get, we could, mm-hmm. we could bolster your legacy and get you a championship. We have, you know, arguably one of the best defensive lines in the league. We have a uh, defensive player of the year from two years ago in Nick Bosa. We have an all pro linebacker in Fred Warner. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some young guys we really like in the secondary. We have Traverius Ward, right? Like, so the, the selling point is, you know, don't, it's not just like, Oh, come be a DC for a year. It's like, come win a championship with us, yeah. which I think hits a little bit different than like, you know, it's not like Pete Carroll would be taking the DC job in Carolina. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, he was, it's, it's like, come, come, win, come help us win a Super Bowl. So anyway, sorry. No, that makes sense. I just, I, I, I don't know, man. There's just something about the idea of Pete Carroll, this awesome head coach at USC and this all-time great Seattle Seahawks head coach being like, yeah, I'll be a defensive coordinator. Why not? That's in my that's in my list of things that I would like to do with my life right now. I don't know. You know, it's a question I would love to know. I please. is Jed York is Jed York gonna have a budget for DC? Is Jed York gonna be like? Because Kyle Shannon. Because what if Bill Belichick was like, I want fifteen million dollars to be your DC for a year. 
Is Jed York yeah. going to be like, no? I don't think so. I'd be <laughs> shocked. So I'd, be, I'd be shocked if after all this, Jed went, if Kyle Shanahan said, this is what we need to win a title. We need, we need Pete Carroll. We need Captain Chewing Gum right now. Load up on, <laughs> load up on the, um, Trident and get him get him in here he wants 15 a year i have a hard time being seeing jed york be like nope that's where i draw the line like i draw the, the line 49ers. Pete carroll yeah the 49ers make a good amount of money they would they would do he jed and the family would be just fine and you know what that would yeah. be something eddie DeBartolo would do would be like hey we're hiring pete goddamn carroll get in here we're going to yeah the ass out of the the added benefit for the 49ers of having Pete Carroll in there is that you can then hand select your internal candidate and be like hey learn everything you can from him because you're next but anyway true continue I do think it would be problematic if Jed was the one telling Kyle who to hire yes and that's why I don't think Jed would do it no he wouldn't tell Kyle Shanahan who to hire but if Kyle was like Bills only come in for 15 million. And and to be like to be clear, I think most that like the highest paid coordinators make like three or four million a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, so like if you much. were to like <laughs> if you if you, you were to Right. But if but if you were to get if you were to pay him like a middle of the road head coaching salary, it'd be like ten or twelve million to be your DC. Like that's yeah. not you know, hey, come make twelve million dollars with us and and help us win a championship. It's not a terrible sales pitch, and you know, Belichick and and um, Carol have a lot of respect for the Shanahan's overall. That's true. Um, and again, I don't know if hiring like guys that you know former head coaches or clearly on the back nine of their careers, if that's mm-hmm. if that's the best way to go. Shanahan is typically hired you know, young up and coming guys, energetic guys. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the direction he goes. I would be surprised at Brandon Staley, to be honest. I know he's been a a name who's who's been popular. Um, Obviously head coach of the Chargers the last few years, got fired. Um, Somebody who's viewed as, at least in 2020, the Rams were ranked first in scoring and first in um, yardage defensively. I haven't taken the dive into like the advanced metrics, but as you pointed out in the show, or before we we went live, um, that that team had prime Jalen Ramsey and prime Aaron Donald. Um, I like I like uh, Eric Armstead quite a bit. I don't think he's Aaron Donald. No, just gonna put that. Um, and that would be that would be a departure in scheme, right? That would probably be something that looks more like a three four. Yeah. Um, and and again, Staley was an outside linebackers coach for a few years with mm-hmm. the Broncos under Vic Fangio. So he's a Fangio guy and then was a defensive coordinator for one year with the Rams and then got the chargers job. So it's not like he, I mean, he called the defense with the chargers. Um, yeah. And Aaron points point. out in the YouTube chat, um, the Bosa family was not a fan of, of Staley. Also um, feels so like it a would be bit of a stick in the mud. Like not a great yeah. vibes guy. Vibes are terrible with him. Yeah, that makes sense. He feels like a villain from Bob's Burgers. Like that's really <laughs> sure. the vibe I get from, from, what's his name, Jimmy Pesto. 
Any Bob's Burgers fans in here? No, just me. Okay, that's fine. No, moving on. Uh, yeah, I think I'm out on the Brandon Staley idea too. Um, Matt Barrows here. That one name that I think would make a lot of sense. Um, and Matt Barrows wrote about this for the Athletic. Uh, Marquan Manuel, mm-hmm. Jet Safeties coach. I okay. think he he's kind of in line with that like up and coming you know position coach who's going to be a coordinator at some point. And, you know, like there, there's a certain level, like, I, I think this was true for Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans, who were both first time coordinators when mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan hired them, that there's a certain hunger you get with a first time guy, mm-hmm. right? There's a certain energy, like this guy's like, really like no first time coordinator, or at least any like position coach who's, who's being a coordinator for the first time, who's worth anything is going to come in like. I know everything because I've done it before. And if you guys listen to me, then we're, mm-hmm. you know, then this is all going to work. Like there's, there was an element with Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans where it was, you know, I'm going to bust my ass in this job because I have to prove to you guys that I'm worthy of this job. And I'm going to set the tone with my work ethic and you as players are going to follow suit. There was absolutely elements of that with Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans because they were both, defensive coordinators for the first time um so you know somebody like marquan manuel who was on the atlanta falcons staff when kyle shanahan was there um in 2017 and 2018 um and manuel is from the carroll tree basically and he got his first job with the seahawks in 2012 and he's not a linebackers guy he is a he is a secondary secondaries guy, but he's he's obviously now working under Robert Sala with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's somebody in terms of like you look at the the like trajectories of Sala and, and Ryan's somebody like Manuel makes sense. Do you have any yeah. Do you have any thoughts on on Mark One? Yeah, I think the the moment you say somebody came up through the Pete Carroll tree like that that sticks yeah. out a lot. I do wonder how dedicated they are to the idea of a front seven guy though. Yeah. After having a, after having a secondaries coach in, and maybe that'll be, maybe that'll be in the interview process. Maybe that'll be something they really focus on is saying, okay, you're a secondary coach, but here's what we want to do in, uh, in uh, the, the front seven. Um, Adam Barney in the uh, in the chat says something that I'd like to address. <laughs> Why is this Candlestick Chronicles <laughs> when they play in the damn Santa Clara Stadium? When you have a podcast, you can name it whatever you want. It's a great point. Um, and and we decided to name this Candlestick Chronicles because uh, we both started following the 49ers when uh, when they played at Candlestick, and yeah. uh, so thought it was a good name for a podcast. Still think it's a good name for a podcast. And Adam, when you start your own podcast, you can name it whatever you want, my guy. You know what else it's a great um, name for? A hmm. fucking beer. Let's go. <laughs> um, and we're also not affiliated with the team, so it's not like we have to say we're representing right. Santa Clara like the team does. Um, if we were sponsored by anyway, the, or if if, uh, if we called it Levi Stadium Lexicon language 
uh levi's It'd be stadium. a bad name for a podcast first of all <laughs> levi levi's stadium chats um it would be we we'd have a hard time being sponsored by lamb chops I think 49ers fans and like have a fondness for candlestick. And when you hear candlestick, like if you're a Niners fan and you hear candlestick chronicles, you think like that, that associates as probably something that's a, that's 49ers related. We'll try out. uh, Although you do love, you do, you do love candles though. I'm a big candle guy. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Just for Adam, we will try out for a week. Uh, the damn Santa Clara Stadium Chronicles, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see if it's, it's not rolling off the tongue. You, it, it's not rolling off the tongue super easy, but great, great America parking <laughs> hey, lot Chronicles. You know, <laughs> move, move the values is such a such a damn bar, though. <laughs> I'm gonna start telling people to move the values. Thank you, Adam, for tapping in. We appreciate you. Uh, what are um, you about? Oh, Mike Vrabel. I'm out. Why are you out on Mike Vrabel? I just think he's kind of a dick. I mean, most football coaches are kind of a dick. First of all, Ohio State guy. Can't do it. (laughs) Second of all, (laughs) no, I just, I, I, I don't know how much of a desire he has to like hop in and be a defensive coordinator. I mean, maybe, but he's a Romeo Cornell guy. So I don't know that, that, uh, I don't know. Maybe he's, I don't know. I just don't see it. I have, a, I'm not out on Mike Vrabel. I shouldn't say I should, I, I'm not out on Mike Vrabel. I don't believe that he would realistically be a person who would take the job. So he's been a defensive coordinator before. He has a background. He was a defensive line coach with the uh, Texans, I believe. He played linebacker in the league, obviously. He was a defensive coordinator um, for one year with the Texans. One year with the Texans. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if the the 49ers will have plenty of information when it comes to when it comes to Mike Vrabel because um, Rand Carthon who is a Titans GM who just fired Vrabel came from the 49ers. He was in their personnel department a year ago mm-hmm. and Kyle Shannon could call him up and be like, Hey, what's, what was this like? What was, what was the deal? Do you think he could, he would be willing to be a coordinator? Do you think personalities would work? Mm-hmm. And the fact that Carthon fired Vrabel, who by all accounts was a pretty damn good coach. And I think punched above his weight or at least the Titans punched above their weight for, for most of his time there, despite their roster not being great. Um, but if the ego, if there's an ego situation and you have a defensive coordinator who thinks he's the head coach of the team, then that's that's not really going to work, right? Like right. you you do not want to ever be undermined um, as a head coach. And I'm not saying Vrabel would do that, but... I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure Rand Carthon had good reasons to fire Mike Vrabel, just like Kyle Shanahan probably had good reasons to fire Steve Wilkes. Mm-hmm. Um, but those those communication channels w- would absolutely be open in terms of the 49ers being able to get whatever information on Vrabel they needed because Carthon's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be a little bit like I wouldn't have if if the 49ers announce it tomorrow, we're recording this Thursday night, if they announce it Friday that Vrabel's a hire. 
I don't think you could find fault in the hire initially. Uh, there would certainly be those questions, though. Um, but it, again, if I were to make a bet, it would be more it's more likely that the 49ers hire an up and coming position coach. Like again, along the same trajectory of D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala when they were hired than a former head coach who's out of a job. Um, Unless it was Belichick. I mean, there is such a level of respect and, and I probably Carol too, but there's such a level of respect between Bill Belichick and Kyle Shanahan Mm -hmm. um, that goes both ways. Yeah. that like like what if i mean belichick is just like he's a football junkie mm-hmm. what if he's just like man i don't want to deal with personnel i don't want to deal with the media four times a week i just kind of want to coach defense like maybe belichick wants to do that i don't know um maybe yeah or yeah maybe Maybe but, he takes but, the 49ers uh, defensive coordinator job so he can learn as much as humanly possible about the Shanahan offense and then go take then that with him. him to a next head coaching gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's, unless it's Belichick, I think it's more likely that they, they go with a position coach than a, than an unemployed head coach, former head coach. That would be my guess. My read. Can I give a couple of, candidates that i like yeah okay one of them is uh, saints linebackers coach michael hodges um hodges started with the saints in 2017 uh, dennis allen took over as the defensive coordinator in 2015 uh the saints were 32nd in points allowed that year and 31st in yards the next year 2016 they went 31st in points 27th in yards Starting in 2017, and since 2017, which is when Hodges got there, and he went, he took kind of the D'Amico Ryan's track, where he was a defensive assistant in 2017. He became the assistant linebackers coach in 2019, and then became the linebackers coach in 2020. And that's what he's been doing since. Over that time, he's been working under Dennis Allen, who's had defenses that have not ranked below number 14 in points and below number 17 in yards. They have been, or no, I'm sorry, below, uh, yeah, seven, 14th in points, 17th in yards. They've been a really, really good defense that entire time, and Michael Hodges has just been there climbing the ranks and being apparently a very good assistant coach in the second level. A former college linebacker, didn't play in the NFL, but that kind of uh, follows that D'Amico Ryan's track. Similarly, um, Aaron Curry, who was a big, one of the first drafts I actually like really paid attention to. He's a linebacker out of Wake Forest. I was a big fan. He was not that good of a player. It's fine. Um, But he spent last year as the inside linebackers coach under Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin and Kyle Shanahan uh, know each other a bit. Uh, But before that, Curry not only played under Pete Carroll in Seattle, but he was um, a coach there for four years where he was uh, coaching linebackers and the defensive line. So he's been a coach for five seasons now, played in the Pete Carroll system, coached in the Pete Carroll system, and also has a year of experience under Mike Tomlin and was a former linebacker, 37 years old, 
So he also fits that young former linebacker, Pete Carroll tree uh, mold. Bang. I like it. Thanks. I think that makes, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's just connecting dots. Really? Uh, The other one, the other one that, that kind of sticks out to me is a little bit older, but his name's Jerome Henderson. And again, he's a defensive backs guy, but he was with the Falcons while Shanahan was there in 2016. And Henderson was in Atlanta for four years under Dan Quinn, who is a Pete Carroll uh, guy and he was the passing game coordinator and secondary coach there so uh that's uh that's another name that kind of jumped out as i was uh, digging through pete carroll dan quinn tree people yeah i think those are good names i like i like curry a lot Keep him in mind. um Speaking yeah i'm which, sure like, like when you were value against the jazz <laughs> when uh when Aaron Curry, Aaron Curry, when he was when he was coming out, I mean, he probably had future coach written all over him in the scouting reports. Oh, yeah, definitely. Wake Forest guy. Um, Bryce Herber in the YouTube chat asked, would Chris Kacarek ever want to be a defensive coordinator? I've heard he basically said he wasn't interested, but he's always there. Um, I don't think. In you know, I've I've chatted with Chris Kasarek a few times in random media availabilities. Um, he does not seem like the type who wants to be anything but a defensive line coach. Um, I think he's if you ever go to a 49ers practice and just watch him operate and just watch him like be like hands on his knees like hat backwards, a giant shot in oh. and just like screaming at the top of his lungs at the defensive linemen as they're doing their drills to, you know, like get off the snap. And I just, I don't know that that guy has, I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but I just, there are some coaches in the league who are just so dialed into the position that they coach that uh it's they're not going to be somebody who controls an entire side of the ball um yeah i could see so it and like the niners have kind of been down this road a little bit like jim tom sula i think is very much similar like jim tom sula was like a, a great defensive line coach perhaps one of the best in the league um but he was not head coach material and I'm not yeah. saying Chris Kosurik isn't. I just don't get the vibes that he's. That I, I get the Honestly, vibes I get. I think the best way to put it is that he's just extremely content coaching defensive line, and that's he's like a pig in slop. That's like all he wants to do. No, I, I, I also think if if he wanted that, he would have gotten it already. If that makes sense. He probably would have been yeah. a hire like last year. But yeah. I don't know. I like I think Kasurik, the 49ers are probably a... perfectly fine with Kasurik not wanting that position. Yeah. For sure. The other the other question, there was a question in the in the chat about <clears throat> oh yeah, can other teams not allow their staff to interview now? Uh they can't hold them back from being promoted. Yeah. So they, so they can't, can't they can block lateral jobs, right? But they cannot block 
uh, promotion jobs. So promotion. if if there's a defensive head coach, who's a defensive head coach? Uh, Dennis Allen, oddly enough. If Dennis Allen, who is the defensive coordinator for the Saints and their head coach, if he had a defensive coordinator who called plays, uh, the Niners would not be able to go hire that guy. The Saints could block them from interviewing that guy, but they can't block Michael Hodges, the linebackers coach, from interviewing for the defensive coordinator job. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, another thing that popped into my mind, my mind while we were talking about it. I don't think this is part of Kyle Shanahan's calculus. So I want that to be that to be clear. Okay. But if if it were a scenario like it, say they hire Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll, it's probably just for one year. Mm-hmm. I would guess. Mm-hmm. Robert Sala, if you were to bet, Robert Sala is probably going to be available this time next year. So if you were to make a hire, knowing that wh- whoever your DC is, is probably going to leave after the season, then at least you'd be like, all right, well, we could potentially try to bring back Robert Sala. But again, that's not something Kyle Shanahan is going to consider really while he's making this decision. Yeah, no, he's, de- he's definitely not projecting out Robert Sala's availability. No. But I do think that's interesting for sure. What the hell? I mean, this is me just kind of manifesting Bob Sala's return. I have to... What's up? Everything okay? Hang on. Yeah, hang on. There's someone banging on my front door. Okay. Well, we can... uh... (laughs) We can end it there. Um... That has not happened before. Kyle leaving mid-pod. But uh, I think that's all we got. We were going to talk about the Niners firing Steve Wilkes and, and the potential candidate. So I think we did that. Uh, we will be back with you guys next week, barring any breaking news. Again, now that the offseason's here, um, the pods will come will be coming uh, two times a week scheduled instead of three as they were during the season. And that's barring breaking news. So when uh, assuming the 49ers make a hire for their defensive coordinator job, um, We'll probably come on and do a live show and podcast about that. So keep it locked. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're going to be pushing a lot more stuff on YouTube and um, trying to make, trying to improve our channel to, so it grows and and people see it um, and it complements the the podcast and everything else that we do. So we appreciate everyone who's tapped into YouTube, obviously uh, the subscribers, to wherever you get your podcast feed, five-star reviews on YouTube, thumbs up, subscribe, notification bell, all those great things greatly, greatly helps us. We appreciate the support and uh, we'll be talking to you guys next week. Up, Kyle's back. I was just, uh, I was, you got to unmute yourself, dog. Hated that a lot. I was just, uh, I was just saying goodbye, but is everything okay? Do you want to let the let the viewers in or the listeners in on what's happening over at the crib? Uh, yeah, it's eight oh seven p.m. and somebody rang. So our doorbell doesn't ding in our house. If anybody knows an electrician that can fix that for cheap, let me know. Uh, <laughs> but our doorbell doesn't ding in our house. We have a ring doorbell, and I saw the ring light up on my phone right as I heard someone banging hard as hell on our screen door. Mm. 
And so I look at the ring camera to see who, if it's like a neighbor, or like what if some, somebody panicked and need help. And it's just some rando doing like a fundraiser. And um, at 8.07 at night, just pounding on people's doors. Uh, so I was like, what? And they were, they were like, uh, how are you doing tonight? And I was like, it was great until you started pounding on my door. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Do you have any Cooperage beer you'd like to deliver? No. <laughs> Good start. So the, like, I go, they go, do you want to take part in our fundraiser? Like, no info on it. And I went, uh, no, I don't. I, no, I don't, actually. And they were no, like, No, actually, I'm upstairs. I'm upstairs talking DC candidates right now. <laughs> do you have any, any Aaron Curry takes? Um, <laughs> what do you know about go, Marquand Manual? <laughs> they go, uh, they go, uh well, can you still donate? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Oh, Anyways, man. Uh, I would not hire that person to be the 49ers defensive coordinator. Attention to detail lacking. Mm, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, common sense. But gr- Situa- but situational gr- awareness. Grinding, grinding at all hours. Love that. Sure. Love that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> In the lab. Good stuff. All right. Well, I already said goodbye to everyone and that they should subscribe and, and give us reviews and hit the proper notification bells and like buttons and also all those things. So uh, we'll get out of here and we'll be back next week and we'll probably do we'll probably do a podcast if and when the 49ers hire a defensive coordinator. Um, so we'll talk to you guys later. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.